I'm Jalen Williams with Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're listening to the Down Hoops Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Boomtown Hoops Podcast. I am Steven, and today we've got Cade, Jackson, and Josh joining us all here on this episode. So, guys, uh, recording this Thursday night, just uh, got announced that Shay is not an all-star starter, so you'll hear 30 minutes of us uh, complaining why he uh, got snubbed for that. But first... Uh, we'll recap the last four games. So, uh, last Wednesday, the 18th, a 126-106 win against the Pacers. Uh, Kate felt like a pretty good win all, all in all. It was a win you needed. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had been out for a while and they had not been playing good with his absence. They were on four straight losses going into that game. Um, and Oklahoma City came out hot. They beat him early. They maintained their lead. Isaiah Joe was huge with 23 points. SGA also had 23 points. And he had seven double-figure scores. So, overall, just a good game from everybody. Everyone came in ready. And they were the better team. And they proved it. And they won. Yeah, Cade. Um, I mean, just you pretty much summed it up. I mean, the Thunder had a hot start. They were up 17-1 to at the very beginning. Rick Carlisle was very frustrated. called the timeout. Um, but, I mean, like you said, without Halliburton on the floor, I mean, they're just not a very good basketball team. And, I thought the Thunder did a really good job sharing the basketball. You know, Giddy had a double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds. Um, you know, like you said, seven scorers. So, um, it was really good to see him get a win against a team that they were better than. It's weird. Uh, they've definitely made a flip in the second half of the season or from yep. what we've done so far from, like, kind of defense to offense. But to see them go from – they always started the games down 17-1 to 1 to now starting games off hot and, you know, taking early leads. It's just been weird to watch that flip as well. Just every dynamic of their game in general this season has flipped, it has seemed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then moving right along to last Friday's game on the 20th, a 118-113 loss to the Beam team, the Kings. Uh, Josh has touched. I mean, we'll we'll fire through these real quick since we've got uh, just a lot of things to get through today. So just, just fire through this one real quick, and then we can move right along. Okay, I'll try to make this quick, but, you know, just a really good basketball game, um, a lot to take away from it. But, um, you know, what stood out to me was, you know, I thought Isaiah Joe shot the ball um, really well, uh, scored 21 points, 7 to 12 from downtown. Um, he hit some huge shots and had a bunch of shots late and were clutch. I know he missed one that I think would have tied the game, but, um, I mean, you can't make them all sign up Baldwin for that. But um, I just thought the two storylines were really cool in this game. You know, the Thunders, this young emerging team, and the Kings are – the team are trying to make the playoffs um, who haven't made it in, I believe, 17 years. So, um, you know, two young teams um, fighting it out. But uh, well, unfortunately, the Thunder just came up just a little bit short Friday. Yeah, and and Jackson, I'll let you hop in here, too, on this one real quick. The Kings are third in the Western Conference. I mean, that's got to be the biggest surprise this year, right? Oh, for sure. I don't think anybody saw it coming. I mean – I kind of thought they'd be a little more competitive, you know, maybe maybe playing, maybe slightly above, but I don't think anybody saw third seed. Um, they've been truly impressive, and I'm not going to say it was solely because of the beam, but I'm not not saying it's because of the beam. <laughs> it was weird. This this matchup was kind of anticipated from both sides, and for a lot of Thunder fans, you just did not want to see the beam, and we saw the beam, so that's very unfortunate. 
Yeah, and that that did end the Thunder's four game win streak. Which I mean, overall, guys, that's that, that's pretty good. You know, f- even for this team. Um, and then the second game of this uh quick little road trip was a one hundred one ninety nine exciting win uh at Denver. Um, and Kate, I'll I'll let you take this one here real quick. I mean, you're taking a team on that you know they don't have Jokic and. I mean, I think teams should have learned by now. Don't sit your guys against us. We're going to beat you. Um, sit, Don't sit them in. We still might beat you, even if you don't sit Jokic. But point being, they did not play Jokic. Who would have probably dropped 40, 10, and 10, just because that's what Jokic does. But, I mean, it was a low-scoring game. Jamal Murray did everything he could to try to help his team win, taking 23 shots. But uh, eventually, the Dorcher Chamber got him. Uh, could not get a good look at the final play of the game. Um, Of course, credit to Shea's 34 points, including the final push shot for the eventual game winner with about seven or nine seconds left. They can't quite remember. But uh, outside of that, Giddy had 18 out. Really no other key performances in that game. It was just kind of an ugly, grinded-out win. But it was done in an exciting fashion in the last few seconds. So that's always fun to watch. Yeah, I thought that was a good win. It wasn't necessarily a game you expected to win. I mean, the Nuggets are a very good team, even without Jokic. But um, to go in and and get the win when they're out, when they're missing their best guy, their third best guy, um, it's, it's a sign of being a good team. You know, an up and coming team. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't pretty all the time. But they came in and took care of business, and and I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. I mean, just a really good road win, even without Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. Um, Michael Malone was out due to illness. Um, but, you know, so that's still a really good win. And I believe that's their uh, fourth home loss of the season. So it was really good to, you know, see the Thunder team go out there and, um, you know, get the win. I thought SGA had a stellar performance, 34 points, um, and hit the go-ahead shot to essentially give us the win. And then we all remember the, the Dort defense, Dort walking down. Um, Jamal Murray on the final play so I just thought that was a really good win yeah and then moving right along uh, to the game on Wednesday a 137-132 shootout loss to the Hawks Jackson takeaways from this game not much defense from anybody besides J-Dub it was definitely the epitome of a shootout Um, you got good performances from Shea from J-Dub um, Giddy's stat line looks better than his performance was. Um, he was he was pretty good at the end of the game, but first three quarters offensively just didn't seem to have it. Um, okay, so you know we were right in it for pretty much the whole game, and then in the fourth quarter we just kind of let them push the lead out too big a couple times. We were down 15 at one point, pushed all the way back to to within three. Um, J Dub had a couple of spectacular plays down the stretch, so if you didn't get a chance to see those, go back and look at his block of Trey Young that ended with a dunk on, on the other end and then when he picked his pocket uh not even a minute later. Um just, you know, phenomenal plays from the rook. So I you know, it's it's hard to be too discouraged by it, but it was definitely a game they like get away. Well I think one thing that you can look at as a positive is like Giddy was aggressive and he should have been with Trey Young being a matchup quite a few possessions uh just taking the smaller matchup going to the rim um Jada was really aggressive looking for mid-ranges he knocked down a three you know obviously the dunks are what was it five or six dunks like just an absurd amount of dunks and then obviously Shea still got 22 shots up scored 36 at 32 through three quarters I mean just overall great performance but I think it kind of segues into the next topic of Jalen Williams and what he's been doing lately whereas in the month of January he's got he's had three 20-point games and he's just doing things that you know are showing signs of what could be a secondary score, a star, 
or someone that can just step up on a nightly basis when you need offense or you need somebody else. And he talked to us about how he models his game after Shea, and he kind of always did that. And we're actually kind of seeing that come to life whenever we need some offense. He's kind of, okay, let me go get a good look in the mid-range or, you know, let me go just get an emphatic dunk for energy. Um, He's just kind of stepping up consistently, a lot of double-figure games. I think that he missed the mark three times this month out of all of the games they've played, which is as many 20-point games he has in the month. So overall, he's just been a, stepping up a lot since 2023 flipped over. and He's been a big part of the Thunder playing close and just winning these games. Yeah, I think you guys both said it really well. You know, Jalen Williams is playing really good. You know, he's stepping up and filling that role when we need some offense, especially late in the game. I mean, um, we saw that yesterday, and not just on offense too, but also on defense. Um, you know, taking the ball from Trey Young and then going down the floor and getting the and one foul, and um, you know, sparking some offense for the Thunder to come back and put themselves in a chance to win, even though it was pretty late in the game. Yeah, and and. Uh... Josh, going back to the Sacramento Kings, 17 seasons since they've been in the playoffs. So okay. I, I think it's – it's for Kings fans, it's well overdue. I was yeah. going to ask you guys this real quick. About the about the Hawks game and almost every other time we played the Hawks, when Bogdanovich shoots, do you just assume it's going into, or is that just me? Like every time he has like a yeah. semi-open look, I'm like, that's going down. I just know it is. I yeah. couldn't recall if he misses of his. Yeah, I feel like a lot of teams have that guy, and we haven't had that guy for a while, but I'm kind of there with Isaiah Joe now. Oh, yeah, I for hope sure. everybody else is the same way. Sure. Like, every time he touches the ball, I'm like, just shoot that thing. Whenever so, he's yeah. in the mid-range shooting fadeaways, once they start falling, I'm in 100%. So if if Isaiah Joe or, – or I'll put it this way. If there was one person outside of, like, SGA and Chet that you could bring back to, like, the – uh, like the 2016 run of the Thunder, who would it be? Ooh. I have a I think tie. It probably would be probably would be Isaiah Joe. I mean, that's we were years and years and years. The only thing we were missing was having just a knockdown shooter. I screamed for years, and it's my UVA bias coming through again. But I was like, this team, if if they had Joe Harris, this would be a title team because yep. that's exactly the type of player we've been missing. And I think Isaiah Joe is finally the guy that. You know, could be that, and to consider what we gave up to get him, which was literally nothing, can't beat it. I think you could argue Aaron Wiggins though a little bit. I mean, he's a great catch and shoot player. He he provides a little bit of like he can score on his own whenever Russ and Durant are out, fouled out, whatever. He just provides like a good third option that's like a sneaky one, like not a big time third name, but he's going to get you some buckets. And then him and Joe both really have some good effort on defense, so I'll take that from either standpoint. Um, but yeah, I think they both have pretty good cases. I'm going to go with um, Isaiah Joe, just because, I mean, like we've seen him this year, you know, anytime you need a bucket, um, he delivers, and he's a really good shooter, and um, is what's the piece we were missing back in 2016 when we just needed a shooter to come off the bench? Well, now as we move into our main topic of conversation, uh, Shea, at least for Thunder fans, got gypped. Um Jackson, go ahead and just kind of let's just, let's just go ahead and air out our grievances with uh, with everybody right now. A wise man once said, "Shay robbed, lol," and that man was Josh Giddy on Twitter about thirty minutes ago. Yep, um, absolutely. It, the The All Star Game, the voting process is a joke. I don't know how you make it better. Um, he finished fourth among the fan vote, the player vote, and the media vote. I, you know. 
you can excuse the fan vote. I'm not shocked by that. Um, you would have thought a little better from the media and the players, I guess. You know, you know, whatever. But as a whole, the the voting process is a joke. I don't think I don't know if you guys have seen this. I just saw it pop up right before we started recording. Um, only two players on the Thunder did not get votes from the player vote for the All Star game. Did you? I don't know if you guys saw who they were. Yeah, if not, just just got it pulled up. If not, if you want to guess who the two players that did not get All Star game votes from which, their fellow players were, which Jackson, I'm very surprised that one of these guys did not get a single vote. Well, that's the thing. So the two guys that didn't get votes were Amarui and J Dub. Everybody else got votes. Basley got the third most votes. Chet Poku and Usman Jang got the fourth most votes on the team. I'm assuming people got J Will and J Dub mixed up. I don't know, but it just blows my J Dub. Like, what are we doing, guys? Like, are we sure we should let the players vote now? I, what do we do? I, are they voting for each other? Like, is that how? That's what know, I was thinking. Chet, Chet got four votes because guys were like, "This will be full, like hilarious." Like, what are we doing? I, the whole process is just it's mind blowing. But like I said, Shea robbed LOL. All of those Thunder players added up and give them all to Shea. Do you think uh, that surely changes something, right? Well, I mean, Shea got sixty-two votes. Yeah. Votes. So, I mean, I can't imagine anybody on the Thunder did not vote for Shea so he got those I would imagine I can't imagine anybody like gave Giddy a vote over Shea or you know I, I just release the ballots that's what I say you should have to tweet your ballot everybody not fans no one cares about you yeah especially daily like we understood on day one don't need to see it every single day I, I, I promise I'm sure you're doing your due diligence of voting I'm gonna be honest I didn't do my due diligence in voting oh I also did not i <laughs> probably did it once but i cannot recall if i did so uh, you guys can put all the blame on me i don't care um <laughs> sure i'm sure i could have amassed that seven thousand he needed to pass john Morant. i didn't expect shay to to win the fan vote or really you know i didn't see him getting it over no. or steph so i wasn't worried about that it's more the shocking thing of the the media vote and the player vote that he got fourth in both because i don't know if everybody's just mad that they can't guard him that they like didn't yeah. vote for him from the player side I mean, I know DeJounte Murray after last night didn't vote for him because the man gave up three and ones in a row. I mean, he could not guard Shea if his life depended on it. But I just – the process, it doesn't make sense. I know. And, and I was I was honestly really shocked that, you know, the media and the players did not do their part. I was really expecting it just from the way the media has talked about him this year and then, like, players and press conferences after they have to play him. I mean, I guess it is maybe just a, a pity thing because, like, they always are like, yeah, we can't guard him. We tried, and then he pulled out three different moves that we've never seen on film ever. And so maybe they are, they are just mad at him. I don't know. But, yeah, I was really – just based on, like, the general perception I had of what I read on Twitter, I kind of would have just assumed between the players and the media they would have got him at least third or second in one of those categories. And he was fourth across the board. So I don't know. I mean, I guess you kind of have to assume since he was fourth, he's probably a log for the bench or utility or something, but still kind of unfortunate. Well, isn't aren't, – aren't they doing – this a little bit different this year of where they're doing like playground style so like even though he didn't mm-hmm. get picked for a starter like how's that gonna work so they're gonna like the rest of the all-stars are gonna get voted in i don't know where the like what the percentages are of the votes but they're gonna do like a, okay line up everyone that's like the captains like line up the starters and they're gonna like pick back and forth the starters i guess and then like the bench is like the same thing okay go moving on to the bench start picking like right in front of them and that 
you know, it's kind of funny that they they nationally televised the draft already. Now, I just hope they can just look each other in the eye and be like, I'm, I'm not drafting you no matter what. Kind of like, what was it, the the KD and Harden situation? Like, if we got something like that in person, that would be awesome. And I I can't quite figure out how they're going to make it work. I mean, I, I guess you just have a different jersey for both guys. I, like, I guess. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense from the, like, I know they try to sell jerseys perspective and everything, but it's going to be hilarious and I can't wait for it. Uh, I don't know if, like, they'll secretly draft in advance. Who knows? But... It it has the potential to be the greatest event in All Star game like All Star weekend history like better than any dunk contest or anything just yeah. the absurdity of like the things that could take place and I absolutely can't wait for it it's must see TV you watch that you can turn off the first like half of the All Star game find something else to do and then come back for the end mm. not saying that I would do that but it's something I consider but do not miss the draft because that is going to be exactly. must see TV. Well, I was worried about how, what are you going to do in practice? Are you trying to like, okay, all 24 <laughs> of you just go practice together. I don't, I don't know. Just kind of throw them all in there. But for the jerseys, I have a quick fix. Take a home jersey, take an away jersey. You get drafted home. To, you wear your own personal home jersey and vice versa. It would fix everything except for the Lakers because they have like yellow and purple and 100. So just, you know, white and yellow or purple. I don't care. Just pick one. They did so, yeah. really sell yeah. our jerseys. They, they look kind of like the, the current rec jerseys in 2K if anybody's playing oh, in the rec. Yeah, but, I have, um, and those jerseys are bad. So Well, they, they're they not as bad, but they, they've got a similar vibe. But, I, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of things that seem short-sighted by this, but we can just. They wouldn't run out of creativity if the creativity was your, your personal jersey. But, you know, it's my take I'll forever stand on. It was better when they wore their team's jerseys. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I agree with you, Kate, about um, them wearing the jerseys because, I mean, I like seeing the team jerseys more than the um, jerseys that they wear for the All-Star. I think that a lot of the NBA jerseys are more clean than the All-Star jerseys. And one last, not directly related to OKC, I mean, indirectly, I guess, but um, Shea wasn't the only one robbed. Sabonis also robbed. Zion Mm -hmm. hasn't played enough games, in my opinion, to and it comes with the fan vote and everything, but Sabonis really deserved to be an all-star starter. I know him and Shale both make the teams, but it really is just a, an interestingly terrible process. Yeah. No, I thought Sabonis for sure should have made it. Even if Zion was fully healthy, I probably would make a case for him to make it over. I mean, the Pelicans have had rough stretches with Zion on the court, and they've had good stretches with him off and vice versa, obviously. But uh, one player that did not get snubbed is uh, Joel Embiid. I think that's very fair for him to not have made it. I don't get that fake outrage. You had to leave one of the four off. It was him. I don't understand the argument of Tatum not being over him because Tatum is an MVP candidate in my eyes, and Embiid's not there quite yet to where Tatum is at in terms of, like, the MVP ladder. So really not mad about that one, and I really don't know who I would replace with Embiid. The issue is it's the all-star game. Who cares? Just. Exactly. If they want, if if you want to start five centers, it's the all star game. Who cares? Like the exactly. five centers are the best. Like just who cares? It's it's not a game that matters. No, not so at all. you you could definitely Embiid could play with all those guys out there. It's not, but that's you know. Which that probably more entertaining. Yeah. What y'all thoughts on? Uh, do you think Jalen Brown got robbed, or do you think uh, Donovan Mitchell should start over him? I think it's fine either way. Like I'm not. I'm pretty indifferent. It's kind of hard to like lobby for two starters on one team. I understand you are the best team and yeah. you do have an MVP candidate, but I, I don't know. Unless it's like LeBron and Anthony Davis from the Lakers, I don't know. I just don't see two starters being from the same team 
that reasonable. Yeah, well, I, I would yeah. agree. And, and and I think it's kind of crazy too if you if you go look at I'm just looking at the Western Conference, but you've got you've got Russell Westbrook who was 18th in the player rank, but sixth in fan and fifth in media, and then you've got Clay Thompson 25th in player, and then five in both fan and media, which is just I mean, I guess that's the power of the the large market coming out right there. I mean, Andrew Wiggins started last year, and I'm not going to forget that. So. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know that the large market loves Russell Westbrook. It wouldn't shock me if most of the ballots that came out of OKC had O'Shea and Russ Bagcourt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. We're just being completely honest. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I know this, this has to do with all the teams and stuff, but, um, like, you know, Charles Barkley a month and a half ago was complaining about having to cover the Lakers because they're a bad team, and he compared it to, like, he was saying how the Wizards were 12th in the West and the Lakers are – or the Wizards are 12th in the East and the Lakers are 12th in the West. And he was like, we have to talk about them all this time and they're just not a good team. So um, I just think that the larger markets definitely get treated a lot better than the smaller markets. Yeah, and uh, Cade, you've got our question for the show this week. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take that one now. Yeah, on Twitter, I don't really know how to say the name. Uh, V3R is their their title on there. Um, they said, if we are to trade, what would be the best move? And I assume that means for the trade deadline. And uh, we've touched on this a lot, and I'm going to stick with my initial statement that it will likely be what I want to happen and what will likely be is, if anything, a salary move where we get rid of I, – I would assume basically and our trade exception to eat a salary for the end of this season only – no long-term deal, obviously. So I think it's something that doesn't move the needle. Um, someone that's probably not in the rotation anyways. Um, nothing too wild. I and mean, we might acquire a second, maybe two. So um, nothing really crazy. That's really all I could see happening this year. I think next offseason, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think something big happens this offseason in terms of like we get like a clear, okay, they're going to go for it within the next two years. I think it'll still be a somewhat younger guy, but I think they're ready to like move back some trade picks. I miss some uh, draft picks. And maybe acquire someone. I don't know. I think something for real happens this summer, though. I mean, I would be interested in seeing it. I, I, I know I originally was the one with the Blue Dort trade of hot take, which it will, you know I feel like we might have blown it a little out of proportion. For sure. Um, at this point, I'm pretty much like set. Like I don't, I don't think there's a trade that makes sense to make, um, especially with the way Bates has played recently. I almost just play it out. Um, mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess you get some value for him, but if there were a trade out there to me, it would be, you know, if you could flip a second for uh, a big body, because it's still the one thing that we're, we're missing. Um, I wouldn't, you know, trade for a, a win now player, but if you were just looking for somebody to, to come in and bang against, you know, I guess we played the Sixers, we played the Nuggets, but just teams that have a bigger, a bigger center. Um, Cause that's just the one thing we're missing inside. So if, you know, if there was a guy out there, that we decided to take a flyer on with the, you know, throw a couple seconds or something that way, that would be the trade I would make. But otherwise, I think we just sit tight. I mean, I've mentioned trading Baisley a lot, and I think the only reason that really does make sense, because he's still a young player with probably some pretty high upside, I think the only reason that makes sense is, if, like, if Presti knows he wants to save those roles for someone else or he knows what kind of direction he wants to go next season and he knows he's probably not going to extend him or doesn't want to or he's going to end up leaving anyways in some aspect, might as well get a second for him. You might as well help a team out with cap because, you know, that might be the team that would make a blockbuster trade with in two years that helps us win a ring and sets the parade. So I think it would be like a relationship, have basically for giving us a second kind of thing. 
um, and nothing crazy. And really, I could see them just also sitting on their hands, not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I think you both pretty much summed it up. Um, I don't really see a trade out there that makes sense um, for the Thunder. I mean, maybe Baisley, but, um, I mean, he's been playing really well um, the last couple of weeks. Um, so, but, I mean, I know, yeah, we need a big guy, but I think we should just wait until Chet comes back next year. I mean, if we make the playoffs, awesome. If we don't, it's okay. Um, but I think this Thunder should roll with what they have and um, try again next year when uh, Chet's fully healthy. I just want to clarify this. If we made a playoff series by chance, whether in the play-in or anything, the center that we would acquire with using a second-round pick would probably get played out of the rotation pretty easily because I feel like unless you have, like, a high-level big man, you pretty much just go small and short in your rotation. And so he'll probably get played out of the rotation. It won't be that big of a deal come playoff time. It'll probably be Kenny, be Kenny Hustle for 30 minutes at the center. I don't know. So I don't know that that's that big of a deal or that they should do that or would even want to. Yeah, Um. I mean – I just I don't know I I just I just think it'd be too too risky to um, trade someone right now. I mean I just think that we should just roll with what we have. Exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're playing yeah. a lot better as of late. Just let it roll. So yeah, uh, as we kind of wrap things up here on this edition of the Boomtown Hoops podcast, I'll just take a quick preview here at these next couple games. Uh, we'll be dropping our trade deadline primer. Uh, either next week or just right before trade deadline, which is February 9th. But looking ahead, uh, Friday, um, on the 27th, we've got a home game against uh, Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. On the 30th, a home game against uh, the infamous Golden State Warriors. And then on Wednesday, uh, the the first of a kind of back to back series with the Rockets uh down there in Houston on February the first. So um Josh will kind of start with you. Just just run through, I mean, you know, just just give us uh the the record prediction of where we stand after these uh three games. Well, um I mean three home games, it'll be fun. Um I mean we've been on the road a lot lately. Um it'll be fun to, you know, go to some games and um hopefully Get some wins. I, I just want to see the Thunder just keep competing and um, you know keep competing hard. Um, it's been great to see guys like Kendrick Williams and Isaiah Joe come off the bench and give really good games. But um, for my prediction, um, knock on wood, but I think the Thunder go three and zero and win all these home games. Um, I think my hot take is that Josh Giddy gets a, a triple double tomorrow. Um, but I just want to see you know the Thunder. You know the Rockets aren't very good. They should win that Golden State. Will be tough. I know the Warriors are struggling a little bit, um, but I'd favor us under in that one. And then the Cavs tomorrow night too should be a really good game. So I'm looking forward to two really good games and hopefully uh win next Wednesday night to close it out against the Rockets. As long as we beat the Rockets, I don't care. It could be one and two. Yeah. As long as we beat the Rockets, um, I think I think Ludor is out tomorrow. It says he's out right now. That could always change tomorrow if something is different. But without Ludor against Donovan Mitchell, that's going to be tough. Be a good uh, probably matchup for Jada. I would assume. We'll guard him. So, I mean, that'll be a good experience, good matchup. Probably still get burnt quite a few plays. So, Donovan Mitchell could very well have a big game. So, we'll need that in return from Shea, who I believe struggled last time against the Cavaliers. I feel like he only shot 13 or 14 times. Um, Warriors, kind of a toss-up. I think, realistically, they probably go 2-1 and one and beat one of the Cavs or Warriors. Um, the Warriors can't figure anything out on the road. Um, the paycom has been kind of loud lately. A few J-Dub dunks were rolling. The Warriors are down bad. I think they can probably steal that game. So I'll go two and one, lost to the Cavs. 
Yeah, Kate, I'm with you. The Rockets games coming up are two of the biggest games on our schedule to me. I feel like for some reason through this whole rebuild time, we've still struggled with them. I can't figure out why. The worst team in the league bad. the whole time. <clears throat> they're worst team the they're bad. We're good-ish. Like, those are games we have to win. But, um, I, they're, yeah, I I think we probably are looking at one and two. Um, I think the Cavs are, are pretty good. Um, I'm interested in see the Donovan Mitchell SGA battle. Um, and then the Warriors is more of a toss up to me. Um, like you said, the Warriors are six and 18 on the road this year. So bad road team, but you got to also factor in the Ty Jerome revenge game, um, making his return to Oklahoma city. So you never know what you're going to get from there. Um, but really I, the Warriors have kind of started to hit, the, hit their stride. It seems like in the last few games, I feel like they're starting to click um, a little better. So, I lean one and two. Um, I'd be thrilled with two and one, but got to get the Rockets game. That's got to get them both, really. But we'll talk about the next one next time. But this one is one that you have to have. Um, you guys think we'll see? You guys think we'll see Steph Curry throw his mouthpiece Monday night? <laughs> There's a chance. There's a chance oh, when man. they play the Thunder. You're down by 15 points in the third quarter. You're probably frustrated. Jordan Poole probably shoots a heat shake, and you're not happy <laughs> about it. I don't know. Yeah, might happen. I think well, he's probably what, done with that. Yeah, what's crazy, though, is Paul ended up hitting the game winner last night. Had to make up yeah. for it. <laughs> I, th- I think Steph's please, probably done with the paying thousands of dollars just to throw a mouthpiece. It's not worth it. It's really probably game. not worth it. Yeah, you can throw it yeah. after the game for free. <laughs> exactly. Go to the locker room and throw it. No oh, one cares. Man. Just don't hit a media member. It'll be fine. That's yeah. what Paul did after the game. He threw his mouthpiece at Steph yeah. <laughs> after the game. <laughs> take, take that, Steph. So, well, that's pretty much going to wrap it up, but wrap it up for us here on another edition of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. Look, Jackson, we we made it a whole show without trading Lou Dort. We did it. Progress. And then we'll get through the next one. And then after the trade deadline, we don't have to talk about it again until next year. (laughs) I I, I put something in in our our Discord chat of uh, who Jackson needs to trade next, uh, should get their next bump up in play because Lou Dort's been playing pretty decently. Lately, so Jackson, just uh, just let us know who you want to trade next, and then hopefully they'll start playing better. So I'll I'll go back. I'll go to the drawing board. Thank you. So, well, guys, appreciate you for listening this week. Uh, again, um, for Josh and Jackson and Kate, I am Stephen Thunder Up. Thunder up.